Y'all there? Amen. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Let us pray. Father, we praise you for all the victories of this church. Uh, Father, thank you for the volunteers at Fields of Faith, both events. Uh, man, I'd say that's close to almost 100 volunteers combined at two locations. Father, we, just, we praise you for that. Um, thank you for people buying into your vision at this church, Father, uh, for moving their hearts and making them understand, Father, you were a servant first, and uh, that's what we're supposed to be. We want to follow in... We want to follow in the shoes that you've put in front of us that have set such an amazing example. Um, Father, at this time, I lift those up to you that I know that are sick. Um, uh, a lot of that going around. Um, Father, I just continue to pray over not just them, Father, this entire congregation. Just, Father, I claim blessings over them and their families. Um, not only healing, but protection as well. Father, I claim that in your name. Father, today you've given me a message to continue on in this discipline series, and you have really been on me about discipline. Um, I thank you for the directions that you've given me on this. And uh, Father, thank you for the word today, uh, something that I really struggle with. And uh, I'm preaching it myself today along with this congregation. Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, that you take all of my distractions, um, any doubt. Um, Father, I need, I need solid concentration today. So, Father, that's what I'm asking. I ask that you throw anything away from me that's blocking me from giving your word. And, Father, you replace it with you today. Most importantly, Father, your love to pour out onto this congregation, your people. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. In the Bible, there is a very popular verse that promises us as Christians a prosperous life. Most of y'all know it. it's, 20, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is when God says, I know the plans I have for you. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We've gone over this the last two weeks. But again, for some reason, we see so many Christians today living a full life of harm and very little prosperity. In seeing this, again, I went to God and asked him why this was happening to his children. He told me that he has given us all the ingredients that we need, that it takes to create a prosperous life for each one of us, but the problem is, again, we're missing one key ingredient, and that ingredient is discipline. Today, we're going to continue this series entitled Warrior Discipline. In the past two weeks of this series, we have discussed how we can improve our spiritual discipline and our physical discipline. Uh, if you missed those two sermons, guys, you can go to YouTube and, and check those out. Highly recommend you do. You kind of catch you up. Today, in part three of this series, we're going to discuss how we can improve our discipline when it comes to rest. Rest. In the last two weeks, the discipline that he has been showing us, again, is something that we've really lacked, not only as children of God, but for sure, just in our country alone, um, you know, we, we've, we've talked about disciplining the body, we've talked about disciplining our, our spiritual life. Rest really kind of goes with both of those. 
The only problem was I couldn't fit it in those two other sermons. The more and more notes that I kept taking down for it, the more I realized it needed its own sermon. Before I continue, I want to remind everybody of something that we've discussed again in the prior weeks, and that is that discipline is not a trait or characteristic that you're born with. It is a lifestyle that you choose. Every Christian can be disciplined. Let's look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23 to remind you guys this is the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is discipline. So as children of God, we've been given discipline through the Holy Spirit, and yes, that includes discipline of rest. I want to start this sermon by asking you guys a couple questions. Who in here is tired? Dang, y'all don't fall asleep during the sermon. How many of you are so mentally drained, exhausted, that it's hard to even think straight? In 2019, when God called us to plant this church, he also uh, asked me to open another location of, of my business. So we were opening a new location in Marshall, Texas. We were remodeling the Texarkana location here, and we were planting a church. All of this was from November of 19 to January of 2020. Right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Micah, why would you do something that dumb? Well, here's the thing, guys. I, I just, I remember so much. I remember in November, right before we opened the Marshall store, we're doing that. We're remodeling. We're trying to plant the church. Me and Don, we're looking for locations. We can't find locations. We're trying to get things set up for the church. I'll never forget, I walked down to our laundry room in our home, and I sat there, and I was talking to Amanda, and, and, and just out of nowhere, I started crying like a baby. I mean like sobbing, snot, crying, okay? And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I remember just saying that, and Amanda looked, I was like, I said, this is what I said. I said, I think I'm going crazy. And, and Amanda, she didn't say I was going crazy, but she looked at me and she said, baby, you're not going crazy. You're exhausted. That's the only time in my life that that's happened. Since that day, I've tried to spread things out a little bit better. But I'll be honest with you, I still really struggle with rest. Too many times we take on more than what we can handle, guys. Why do we do this? We do it because we feel like we have to, to keep up with the world. We have to stay on go all the time to keep up with what's going on in our lives, what's going on with other people's lives, what's going on in the church, what's going on with the job, what's going on in my kids' school, what's going on in people's lives, like the families that we have here at this church. You know, all these things. We feel like we got to constantly be moving and going and helping and so forth. Another big reason, guys, that we continue to do too much is we just simply don't know how to say no. Mm, I heard some grumbling. Don't know how to say no. I've gotten much better at saying no. Much better. This grind on your body, guys, it's not healthy. And God never intended it to be that way. 
there's something very important in the Bible that we as Christians need to take much more seriously. If we can discipline ourselves enough to follow through with this one thing, I promise you guys, it will cure you from your physical and mental exhaustion. This one thing is partaking in a Sabbath day of rest. In Exodus chapter 16, the Israelites have been freed from Egypt. You would think they'd be grateful. They weren't. After time in the wilderness, they started complaining to Moses. We're hungry. We ought to just go back to Egypt. Back in Egypt, you know, we had lots of meat and lots of food. and At least we had that. You know, we don't have that anymore. Well, God heard the complaints. So God decided every morning they were going to wake up and there was going to be cornflakes on the ground called manna. And then he decided at night that he was going to shower quail down to the earth and they would have quail. Who likes quail, man? I love some quail. Quail is good. Y'all ever had that quail zapatas? That stuff is on point. You know what I'm saying? But don't eat it during your 40 days. Well, actually, that's pretty healthy. You could eat that during your 40 days. That's okay. Yeah, that's true. It's good protein. It's good protein. So each day, Moses told them to go gather just enough for their families, okay, each day. Just enough, just enough for their families. We're going to pick that back up. I've got a lot to read right here, guys. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 16, and we're going to read 17 through 26. I'm going to give you a few seconds to get there. Amen. Already. Some good Christians up there on the front row. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Verse 19. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. Verse 21. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. Verse 20, 23, thank you. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left over for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome, good and without maggots or odor verse 25 thank you moses said eat this food today for today is a sabbath day dedicated to the lord there will be no food on the ground today you may gather the food for six days but on the seventh day that is a sabbath god's trying to teach these israelites to take a day off guys He's trying to tell them that they shouldn't work themselves to death. He was trying to show them that uh, they could trust him to provide everything they needed on that one day. 
The Sabbath day of rest is very important, guys, and I have five reasons of why we need to take it seriously. The first reason, it's a commandment. Not only is the Sabbath a commandment, it made God's top ten commandments. Kind of important there, right? Let's go look at Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 10. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household, no one in your household may do any work. This includes your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. If you got that many people living in your household, you got some issues today. You know what I'm saying? And, and livestock, I don't know about you, I ain't never seen no cow work, I'll just be honest with you. Now guys, I realize we're no longer under the old covenant law, I get that, I get that. But I think we can all agree that we should live up to these top ten commandments that's talked about in Exodus chapter 20, okay? I think we can all agree on that, can we all agree on that? I get it, we're not under the old law, but you should live by those standards, Amen. Okay, thank you. I'm glad we can agree on that. The problem is, of the Ten Commandments, this is the only one that we do not take seriously. We don't take it seriously. I'm going to prove this to you guys. We're going to look at the Ten Commandments. When I read these to y'all, I want you to answer me out loud. Okay, I want y'all to answer me out loud. Let's go look at them. Do y'all believe that you should not make idols? Okay. Do y'all believe you shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain? Yes. Do you believe that you should honor your mother and father? Yes. Do you believe you should not murder someone? Yes. Do you believe you should not commit adultery? Yes. Do you believe you should not steal? Yes. Do you believe you should not bear false witness? Yes. Do you believe that you should not covet what is not yours? Yes. Now, I know that we've got some smart people in this room. And y'all realize that there's one missing. Go ahead and pull that up for me. Now, let's look at number four. Do y'all believe that you should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? You're lying. I know some of you said yes. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of y'all. At least some of y'all told the truth. You didn't say anything. So really, you didn't tell the truth. You just, you know, like a dang politician. I know most of you guys, again, I know some of you said yes, so forth, but if you're really honest with yourselves, do you really take the commandment of the Sabbath day of rest as serious, as serious as the other nine? I know a lot of you very well, and I know a lot of you aren't taking a Sabbath. You're not resting. I know a lot of you are working yourselves to death right now. Myself included, I'm preaching myself today. I struggle with this one. I want you guys to think about something. When you're not obedient to one of these other nine commandments, you face consequences for your actions, correct? If you serve other gods, if you make idols, if you use the Lord's name in vain, there are consequences for those actions, right? 
If you do not honor your mother and father, it actually says there's a promise that you will live a long and healthy life if you do. So if you don't, there's consequences, right? If you murder somebody, commit adultery or steal, consequences. If you bear false witness, and if you covet what is not yours, if you want something that's not yours, there's consequences. It's no different with not taking a Sabbath. Are y'all following me here? These other nine, man, it's like, well, duh, of course. And then we say, take a break, take a day off, and you're like, ah, oh, that ain't that big a deal. The reason I can say that is because that's how I've looked at it. If you're not getting rest, guys, you're going to face consequences. You're going to be exhausted, fatigued, stressed. You have poor physical health. And because of this, you make poor choices because you can't think straight. When you're tired, guys, you can't perform at your maximum ability that God wants you to. You know, growing up playing football, we had a great coach, and then he left, and we had another coach that came in. And this coach, we practiced for like five to six hours a day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, usually just a walkthrough day because you play on Friday. No, we had pads on. The game got there on Friday. We were exhausted. We didn't win. Coach finally figured out, you know, maybe they need a day of rest. We started winning. You cannot perform at your maximum ability, guys, in your life, at your job, in your home, in your church, if you're exhausted. We need to start taking this serious, guys. It's a commandment. And just like all the other commandments, again, if you're not obedient to them, guys, you're going to face consequences. And I bet a lot of y'all are facing consequences right now. Myself included. I want you to ask yourself a question. Is your fatigue and stress from lack of rest affecting your relationships in your life? Is it affecting your home life? Is it affecting your marriage? I truly believe that rest can save families and marriages, guys. I do. I believe that. The second reason we should take the Sabbath day of rest seriously is because it is a witness. It's a witness. The Sabbath day is one of the greatest witnesses that God has ever given us that we can use. I want to go look at Exodus chapter 30, verses 16 and 17. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. Generation to generation. In other words, first thing we need to figure out from that scripture, from these two verses is, we need to be observing the Sabbath and making sure that our children see it. And then it's passed down to their children. Guys, any time God puts in that Bible, something needs to be passed down. It's very important. It's very important. I don't care if it's Old Testament, New Testament, or what we're living in in the Now Testament. If God tells you to pass it down, and he's very distinct on that, 
it's extremely important. This is a covenant obligation for all time. How long is all time? He's talking, okay, this is, this is Moses, right? I mean, excuse, yeah, excuse me, this is Moses. He's talking to the Israelites, and he says, for all time, okay? So that is forever. It is permanent. How long is permanent? Come on, we got smarter people in here than that. How long is permanent? Forever. Thank you very much. It is a permanent sign or witness for my covenant with the people of Israel. That's what I said. Thank you, Mr. Principal, for pointing that out back there. Highly appreciate that. This is true. That is Exodus 31, verses 16 and 17. Listen, man, every once in a while, you know, my dyslexia has got to kick in. It just happens. I'm tired. I'm tired. My man, you're right. You're right. You're right. Guys, I want y'all to think about something, all kidding aside, when it comes to the family. How many kids today, and, and, and Will will know this, Mr. Principal will know this. How many kids today are at school and they're complaining about, they're stressed, they struggle with anxiety. I think that word has become very popular in our school systems today. Anxiety. First of all, I'm going to tell you right now, that's ridiculous. When I was a kid, I never felt that way. Never. I don't understand. Now, don't get me wrong. I know everybody has different lives and they live in different households and so forth. But I enjoyed life as a child. And, I, of course, I think a lot of that obviously has to do with social media. I think that's a lot of it. But how many times, guys, again, do you hear that you've got a kid that's dealing with anxiety and depression? You know, they're stressed. I'm just throwing this out there, but it wouldn't surprise me if in their home, their parents are working 24-7, not paying attention to the kid, not setting the example of rest, which, again, God commands. Again, guys, we got to take this serious. As a witness, guys, this is a witness, okay? I want to explain how this is a witness. When I was in, I used to work for Freedman's Jewelers before I started my own business, and I had a boss. He was an old Jewish man. His name was Sam Joseph. It was Samuel Joseph. And uh, I, I loved that guy. He's a great boss. He's mean as all get out. He's an excellent boss. But I'll never forget one time I called him on a Saturday. His rule was, don't call me on Saturday. Well, I didn't, I didn't remember that. There was something going on. I had to call him. Emergencies only. I remember him saying that. Emergencies only. So I call him, and it wasn't a big emergency. It was more of just a question. And he was so cool. He answered the question. And then when he got done, he said, son, this is your one and only warning. Don't ever call me on a Saturday unless it's an absolute emergency. If it can wait till Monday, you got to give it to me on Monday. And I was young and stupid, and I said, why? <laughs> he practiced the Sabbath. And he got to explain to me the Sabbath. 
Guys, if, if people see you and you're resting on a day, and you tell them, I'm not going to do anything, they call you, they say, hey, let's go eat lunch. No, I can't today. Well, why not? I, I can't. This is my Sabbath day. That gives you the opportunity to talk about it. And then not only that, it also shows your faith that you trust God to take care of you that day. It's a great witness. And it's an easy one. It's a day off. It shows that you fully trust God, guys. I mean, if you're working seven days a week, that shows me you don't trust him. You're overworking yourself and you don't trust him that one day where he promises he'll provide all of your needs. Again, guys, I'm preaching to myself today. The number three reason we should take the Sabbath day of rest seriously is because God takes it seriously. I want to go to Numbers chapter 15. I hope that's right. I really hope that's right. <laughs> Verse 32 through 36. One day while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. The people who found him doing this took him before Moses, Aaron, and the rest of the community. They held him in custody because he's a stick picker upper. Because they did not know what to do with him. Of course not. The dude's out picking up sticks. What do you do with this guy? Verse 25, or 35. I had to put 25. 35. It's 35 through 36. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must be put to death. The whole community must stone him outside the camp. So the whole community took the man outside the camp, stoned him, stoned him to death, just as the Lord commanded to Moses. I think God takes this pretty serious. Now again, guys, I, I realize we're under, the, we're under the new law. We're not under the old law. We're not going to go stone somebody because they were out cutting firewood on a Sunday they're supposed to be at church. We're not going to do that to somebody, right? Right? I bet I didn't hear enough of y'all say that. <laughs> but again, I want to ask y'all a question. Are you dying faster than you should because you're not resting one day a week? Why don't you think about that? Let's say you lived to 80 and you didn't take a Sabbath day off. Catch these numbers, man. That's 4,160 days you should have rested. That is 11 and a half years that you might could have added to your life. I truly believe that's how God looks at this. God's trying to give you days off in order to add days to your life. I want you to think about it, guys. If you honor God on a Sabbath day and you do nothing and you rest, do you think he's going to let you die and make less of a day? I, mean, I, truly, I, I truly believe that's how he looks at it. I feel like the more days you give to him, the longer he's going to add to your life. That's a Micahism. That's not biblical. Y'all don't come to me when you turn 80 and be like, hey, listen, you told me. This brings me to my fourth reason why we should take the Sabbath day of rest seriously, guys. It's because it is a gift from God. It's a gift, guys. Let's look at Exodus 16, 28 to 29. 
The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. It's a gift. God's trying to give it to you guys. Guys, let me ask you something. Have y'all ever prayed to God and asked for healing? Have y'all ever prayed to God and asked for discernment about a situation that you had to deal with? God, should I do this? Should I not do this? Have y'all ever prayed about that? If he healed you, if he gave you discernment, it's a gift. And I bet you accepted it. Why wouldn't you accept healing? Why wouldn't you accept discernment? Why wouldn't you accept rest? It's a gift. It's the exact same thing. He's gifting us this rest, guys, and we're not taking advantage of it. I'm definitely not taking advantage of it. <laughs> guys, the Sabbath is a gift to be lazy. I mean, that's what it is. I guarantee you, you wouldn't turn down a day off from your boss. A paid day off on top of that. Because that's what God's giving you. He's giving you a paid day off. He's going to provide for your every need that day. You're, gonna, you're not going to have a problem. We're stupid. <laughs> not all of you are stupid. Some of you, I know, take a Sabbath. Y'all are the good Christians. Thank y'all. We, we need to trust God a whole lot more, guys. I promise you. God can do a lot more with that one day than you could ever do working 24 hours of it. I promise you that. He'll do more for your family. He'll do more for you. He'll provide more. And you ain't got to work. The, the fifth reason we should take the Sabbath day seriously is because even God took a day off, guys. Exodus 20, 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day... He rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Not much else to say about that one, guys. If God took a day off, who are we to think we shouldn't? The Creator took a day off to rest. And here we are working ourselves to death. I want to discuss what a Sabbath day of rest should look like. The main question that I receive, again, Michael, what do you do on the Sabbath? The real question is, what do you not do on the Sabbath? You don't do anything that pertains to your job, guys. You don't take phone calls. You don't answer emails or texts. I mean, how many times do I see, I'm so guilty. You know, sitting at supper with my kids. Bzzz, bzzz. I hate that sound and I grab it and I look at it and, and then it's something going on somebody's struggling at the church or something happened at work or something like that and then where's my mind go straight to it God wants you to enjoy a Sabbath day guys he wants it to be a stress-free day so you can recoup and energize from the six days prior the best example I can give you of this, guys, is a, a snow day in Texas. <laughs> or the hint of snow in Texas. 
I mean, you got to shut down the roads, you know what I'm saying? School's out, nobody goes to work. You know, my rule is if the school's closed, I'm closed. That's just my rule. That's what I do. I mean, if they're doing it, I'm going to do the same thing, you know. But think about it. That's really what it, y'all remember the blizzard of 2020, okay? Y'all remember that? Man, 20, was it 21? Okay. I'm tired of y'all correcting me. <laughs> Can't y'all just act spiritual and nod? Like, seriously. Give your pastor some grace, man. Y'all remember COVID? I definitely remember when that one was, trust me. Guys, all kidding aside, I, I, I know a lot of people, don't get me wrong, that was, that was a tough time. But me and Amanda talk about it all the time. I was closed for six weeks. We went outside every day. The kids and I took a walk. We rode bikes. <laughs> they enjoyed just walking down to this gas station with bars on the windows and getting ice cream. I spent so much time with my family. And I remember when I had to go back to work, I was so refreshed and energized. We don't take advantage of those times. And I promise you, God's trying to give it to you. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he want you to spend more time with your children or your spouse or your friends and your loved ones? Guys, that's what life is about. It's not about work. It's not about making money. It's about making relationships. It's about building relationships with people. You work your whole life. You're going to die at an early age. There ain't going to be nobody at your funeral. It needs to be a full day, guys. The Sabbath needs to be a full day. Uh, I've tried this before. I tried to take a half day here and a half day there. Again, I'm not very smart. Cass County education. It doesn't have to be a Saturday either, guys, like the Israelites did or, and, and like the Jewish people today do. But I do suggest that you make it one day a week and you make it the same day every week. I don't care if it's Monday, Saturday, I don't care when it is, but you need to take it. The old law was Saturday. The new law, Jesus said, I don't care, just take a dang day off. Just get rest. And I suggest, by the way, if, if you're married, that you try and the best you can with your work schedules, y'all have it together. Have it together. There are only two things, guys, that you can do on the Sabbath that pertains to work. And that is taking care of an emergency situation. Jesus said that, said if your ox falls into the, you know, into the pond or whatever, you know, let's, let's just say, you know, you got a, you got a cow, it gets, in the, gets loose, gets out, you know, you can go take care of that. That's an emergency. You can go do that. Jesus said that, and then he set an example for what else you can do on the Sabbath. That's building God's kingdom. That's a 24-7 job, guys, even on the Sabbath. And they basically put him on a cross for it. Man came to him sick, and he healed him. He set the example of what we can do on the Sabbath, an emergency or build God's kingdom. But that's it. 
nothing else. I had somebody ask me, can I go play golf on the Sabbath? I said, as long as it doesn't stress you out. And this guy sucks. So I was like, I don't know that I'd go play. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you can do that. As long as it doesn't hurt your family financially, as long as it's not taking you away from your family, you can go do something like that. You know, to me, a Sabbath day would be literally doing nothing on the schedule. Nothing. There's always something on our schedule. Always. Just sit at the house. Go outside when I want to. Wake up when I want to. Read my Bible when I want to. Sounds like a good day, right? How many people get excited when they open up their calendar in the morning and there's nothing on it? That's a Sabbath day. And again, guys, we've got to start taking it more serious. Okay, so today, guys, another challenge. Y'all like that fruit out there? Man, speaking of that, I've had a few of y'all reach out to me. Some of you have already lost five to eight pounds. Proud of y'all. Seriously, taking care of yourselves. It's a big deal for us Christians. We need to be doing that more and more. Set the example. Set it for your household. Set it for others. And now it's time to set it this way. That's my challenge to you today. Get you a day of rest. Find you a Sabbath day. Again, it doesn't matter when it is, guys. But find it. And I'm talking to myself. In fact, when I was preparing for this sermon... God told me he wouldn't let me preach it unless I got a Sabbath day. He said, how can you preach it and you're not leading by example? A lot of y'all know this. I don't get enough rest. I need a day off. I apologize to y'all for not setting the example of this. But I'm fixing to start today. So don't call me or text me or email me, nothing. <laughs> All kidding aside, guys, I'm fixing to take this very serious. This is one spot in my life where I am not disciplined at all. And what sucks is, is at my job, I've got an excellent staff. I don't, I don't have to be there 24-7. The other thing is, here at the church, we've got elders, we've got associate pastors, we've got people that can take care of things. I don't have to do that. The problem is, I can't say no. And i got to get better at it. And I'm getting better at it. Guys, I promise you, if you can say that one word, and just let people know, no. Why? Because I'm tired. Because today's my Sabbath day. I talked to a man one time. I called him on the phone. He's a mentor of mine. I said, hey, man, I've got some situations that are going on in my life. I really need to visit with you. I said, can we get together on Friday? He said, no. He said, I have nothing on my calendar. What kind of mentor are you? I said, now, wait a minute. Hang on. Well, if you've got nothing on your calendar, then we, we can eat lunch. He said, no. I have nothing on my calendar. He said, let's meet Monday, and we'll talk about this. That's his Sabbath day. He took it serious. Very successful man. Very healthy man. Great family life. Wow. Opened my eyes a little bit, and then I still didn't do it. 
Again, we're not the brightest. But again, guys, it's time to start taking this serious. Myself included. I've got something I want to read you guys. It has nothing to do with the sermon, and then we'll close out. I know, right? Like, what? That makes no sense. This morning, I'm literally sitting on my couch. Y'all know that picture I showed y'all, the chair the other day, and that's how I talk to God? Sits in that chair. Let me find this. So this morning, I'm sitting there. I said, Father, what do you need me to do today? Is there somebody I need to reach out to? What do you need me to do for you? How do I need to help you build your kingdom today? And he literally, first of all, it was so cool, man. I love this feeling. I just got chills all over my body. And you know how a lot of times like those chills only last for like a couple seconds? It wouldn't stop. And I knew he was there, and I started crying. And he gave me this to give today. Again, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but somebody needs to hear it. Literally, he said, someone needs to hear this today. God loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you. You think he has because you're in a tough season. But he wants you to know he sees your pain. It's a pain you brought on yourself. But he doesn't see your mistake. He sees your heart. He loves you regardless of the mistake. He's literally sitting with you right now. And he says if you ask him, he'll prove it to you. He'll prove that he's there. He'll grab your hand and he'll lead you out of the storm. I don't know who that's for today. But your crazy pastor is being crazy obedient.